0: When looking back at what the offensive players had to say about the Al this past week, it's pretty clear the guys are liking the new offensive play caller in Columbia. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on si.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. South Carolina's football team is about two whole weeks into their spring practice slate. And while there hasn't been a whole lot of talk on the show regarding how things are going at spring practice so far, we're going to get back into spring football mode here for today's show, and focus mainly on one of the bigger storylines surrounding the football team right now, and that is new offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins, getting integrated with South Carolina's football team in a practice setting, along with sort of the employment of his offensive scheme, and how his relationship and rapport is being built with the entire collection of players that he has at his disposal for this next season. When we're looking at what all has been going on in this scenario so far, Dow Loggins is serving as the perfect extension of Shane Beamer's personality and his vision for South Carolina's offense is resonating with the players. I went back and listened to what some of the offensive players had to say regarding Dow Loggins this past week when they spoke to the media two Mondays ago. And when looking at what these guys said Again, the consensus is pretty clear that all these guys really seem to like Dow Loggins and what he's all about. We'll start off with the first quote from Juju McDowell. Quote, That's my guy, referring to Dow Loggins. He's very team and player oriented. It's rare that you see a guy like that especially in his position, with as much patience as he presents with the team and the offensive core when it comes to getting everything handled. I feel like he's taking advantage of every player out there on the field and using our aspects for the betterment of the team. Here's another quote from Antoine juice Wells: Quote, That's my dog. He plays this song every time he sees me by Yo Gotti called I Got the juice he's just a cool guy just a good guy to be around he's always in high spirits and I love how he coaches and I love he's finding new ways to get the playmakers the ball everybody's happy right now and then speaking about Dal Loggins as a coach specifically juice said quote he's the same man on and off the field in meetings he's a straightforward guy He's not going to cut any corners. He's willing to call out everybody in meetings and on the field, but he's going to teach you right afterwards. And then I got one more quote here from On Joyner when he spoke to the media. Joyner said about Loggins, quote, he's smooth, but he wants what he wants. He's a very demanding coach, but he's a coach who allows us to play freely. He puts a lot of things in our hands. Whatever we like, he's open to discussion. He loves feedback that allows us to play freely in this offense. Now, the main thing that I want to focus on regarding all these quotes about Dow Loggins from the players is how this is different compared to what all we saw this past year. Because here's the thing. I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to disparage Marcus Satterfield. Marcus Satterfield, of course, is long gone now in Lincoln, Nebraska, working with the Cornhuskers, and we've all, you know, for the most part, moved on from that little era in South Carolina's football program. But the comparison here is important to see sort of where things have improved because Marcus Satterfield, he took feedback from the players this past offseason it seems like especially with Spencer Rattler and that was evident when South Carolina had their welcome home mini series that was taped during their fall camp before last season but there was never any talk from the players of the offense having a free feel to it essentially there was a ton of moving parts with Marcus Satterfield's offenses at South Carolina. There was different personnel groupings that he had regarding certain formations. There was comprehensive verbiage, which we've already hammered home time and time again on this show. The playbook obviously had a lot of depth to it because of the fact it was a pro-style-ish offense that was run by Marcus Satterfield. There was talk last season from even some of the players of the offense-running plays that hadn't been repped in multiple weeks during certain games. And it doesn't sound like, at least so far, that Dow Loggett's offense is going to be set up in that same vein. And that it's going to be much more focused on being able to let the players quote-unquote fly around on the football field. One of the biggest cliche statements that you could throw out when it comes to the game of football. And the thing that's important, I think, to keep in mind regarding this free-flowing offense, at least for the player's sake, the players having a stronger say, maybe, and what all is being run, I think that this goes back to what I said about Spencer Rattler just the other day, which is the fact that Spencer Rattler having increased confidence with the skills he already possesses could make him an even better football player, a more dangerous football player in 2023. And I think you could do the same exact thing when it comes to that statement and apply that to some of the guys in this offense heading into the fall. Think about Antoine Juice-Wells. Obviously, if there's one guy that probably doesn't have an issue with confidence on this team, it is probably Juice-Wells. But think about the fact that if this offense really is truly centered around Spencer Rattler and his strengths. Just how much less worry Antoine Juice Wells might carry with him when he goes out near the numbers and he's lined up on the line scrimmage and he doesn't have to worry about whether or not maybe Spencer Rattler is going to get through all of his checks. You know, if he's going to be able to go through all the hurdles that he has to inherently go through before he can even try to get the football to him. Think about Xavier Leguette. This guy, if there's a guy that wants to have a breakout season 2023 on this side of the ball, I mean, there's going to be plenty of guys, but the one guy especially out of that group would be Xavier Leggett, somebody that has shown flashes in multiple games throughout his career, but has never been able to put it all together for an entire season. And he's looking to do that in essentially his last hurrah in Colombia, Xavier Leguette with what he has seen so far with Dal Loggins, and what it seems like the rest of the players are saying about this offense, he ought to be beyond excited for the opportunities that he could have this upcoming fall to showcase his abilities to the fullest extent. So, you look at just those two guys, you look at Spencer Rattler, who I talked about the other day, and you look at how this could affect everybody, how this confidence could permeate throughout the entire lineup. Dal Loggins, truly might have been the best hire that Shea Beaver could have made for this position heading into next season, especially when you, again, compare these current circumstances to what all was going on this past season when Marcus Satterfield was running the show on this side of the ball. So, again, right now, it seems like that the players are really liking Dow Loggins both as a coach and with what he has done schematically with this offense, and if this continues and carries on throughout the fall and into the 2023 football season, then Sacramento's offense, again, kind of like I mentioned with Spencer out the other day, it could be even more dangerous because of just how much confidence they have in the man that is calling the plays, how the offense is being run, and what the offense is going to cater to. And it's not going to be 100% catered to Dow Logan's best interest. It is going to be, it seems, mostly catered to the best interest of the players. Obviously, you know, you would think that every football coach operates that way on the offensive side of the ball. But the bottom line is, this is a very ego-driven industry. That is collegiate coaching. There's a lot of coaches out there whose egos are the size of the sun. And they're not going to hear at all what the players have to say about how to best utilize their skill set. And if Dow does not fit into that stereotypical group of coaches when it comes to this sport, then South Carolina's offense might have an even higher potential than we may have already thought heading into 2023. So, in terms of feedback, it seems like Dow is getting off on the right foot with South Carolina's offensive players. And... That could also be said about Shane and his coaching staff and what they're doing on the recruiting trail right now with some blue-chip prospects. Some prospects that we have not discussed a whole lot on this show to this point. And we're going to dive into what exactly they have been doing in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA's regular season is winding down. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Which means, either way, you're going to get money out of any first bet that you make right now on FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is also safe, it's secure, and it is super easy to use. You can bet on anything that you want from a money line to a prop bet, and you can even make your own same-game parlay. South Carolina's women's basketball team is now heading into the Final Four, and they're currently listed as at minus 360 odds to win the national championship in Dallas this next weekend. The best odds by far out of the four teams remaining in the women's college basketball bracket. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. We cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Let's talk some recruiting now on the football front. Shane Beamer and his coaching staff are continuing to put in some silent work on the trail, even when it comes to blue-chip prospects. So there's a couple of specific ones that we're going to talk about. Let's start off with 2025 defensive lineman Amari Adams out of Lake City, South Carolina. Now, with Amari Adams, according to Gamecock Central, the On3 website that also covers South Carolina Gamecock Sports, Adams took another visit to South Carolina this past weekend. And according to his profile, it's the sixth visit overall that he has taken so far in the recruiting process. And based on the article that they put out, which does have a paywall attached to it, it seems like that Amari Adams' visit went quite well this past weekend. And here's the thing there was no prior indication, at least publicly, that. This visit was taking place, and it's honestly been that way since last season ended. Now, obviously, this probably isn't completely on the end of Shane Berman football staff. Amari Adams does seem to be one of those prospects that doesn't really care too much to post every little thing that's going on with his recruitment or every little thought that pops up in his mind. He's not one of those kind of recruits, and of course, that is definitely not a bad thing at all. But... What it does show is that even with Amari Adams being a 2025 prospect, the Gamecocks like him enough to where they are trying to get him back on campus, it seems like, as much as possible. Especially when you consider the fact that Adams, again, being out of Lake City, South Carolina, he's not far down the road from Columbia. And just how good is Adams, might you ask? Well, here's the thing. Adams is considered one of the best prospects in the entire country, for the 2025 recruiting cycle as he was just recently named by 24 seven sports composite rankings as a five star prospect, the 28th overall prospect in the entire country for that cycle. So obviously based on everything I just mentioned right now, it seems like that South Carolina is the likely leader with this recruitment, but there are other teams like Georgia, Tennessee, Florida state and Alabama that have thrown their proverbial hat in the ring here for Amari Adams recruitment. So this recruitment is definitely far from over, but right now, because of the work that Shane Beamer and his staff have put into this point with Amari Adams, it seems like that they got a pre sizable lead here for the in-state prospect. Another prospect that we're going to talk about real quick that I have mentioned on the show before, but not as much lately is 2024 athlete Daniel Hill out of Meridian, Mississippi. Now, Daniel Hill, the first thing I want to show y'all real quick, he was at an OT7 camp this past weekend, some sort of high school football camp to showcase some of his skills to some scouts and evaluators and everything else. And because of this, he happened to be sporting some gloves at this football camp. And according to a tweet from Cole Patterson on Twitter, those gloves happened to be Gamecock gloves for Daniel Hill now obviously you don't want to usually make too much of these kinds of things because this is sort of glove sporting season if you want to call it that in the sense that there's a lot of high school kids that are going to football camps right now and sporting gloves for certain teams to potentially give off the impression of hey the teams that they are leaning towards the most at that point in time it makes a lot of buzz on Twitter but here's the thing There is some smoke to go along with this tweet because I went on On3's expert prediction page, a really good page to see sort of where some of the experts from On3 are leaning in terms of certain prospects and their respective contenders. And I looked at South Carolina to see if there was anything on Daniel Hill. And I noticed that On3 national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman said that based on intel just a couple of days ago, that at this current moment, He's picking South Carolina as the front runner to potentially land Daniel Hill. And the thing is, Daniel Hill, he is quite familiar with South Carolina. He visited the Gamecocks this past fall for their beatdown of the Tennessee Volunteers in Columbia. Otherwise, admittedly, it's been kind of difficult to keep track of when he has actually come to visit South Carolina. But there has not been very much talk surrounding Daniel Hill's recruitment. And again... This speaks to what Shane Beamer and the staff have been doing behind the scenes. It really gives some insight into just how much work these guys are putting in. Because the thing is, the main work is obviously done when these prospects are on campus, visiting your facilities, talking with the coaches in person. But there's also a ton of legwork that goes into that. Coaches go and visit kids' high schools. They go and talk to these kids over the phone texting, calling them almost every other day, sending them mail occasionally as well. There's a lot of other things that go into these recruitments. And with Daniel Hill's recruitment specifically, it really seems like that the legwork portion of the recruitment has been aced by Shane Beamer and his staff to this point. To the point where Daniel Hill, again, as of this current moment, based on what we have seen the last couple of days, it seems like is leaning towards South Carolina. Now, of course, again, kind of like Amari Adams' recruitment, there's still plenty of time for some things to turn around, one visit to take place to one school, and all of a sudden, the entire recruitment is just completely changed. But as of this current moment, South Carolina seems to be in good position with Daniel Hill, much like 2025 defensive line prospect Amari Adams. And again, that's much to the thanks of Shane Beamer and the legwork, the -the behind-the-scenes work that his staff have been executing up to this point in each of these respective recruitments. All right, now moving on from the gridiron, let's talk about the baseball diamonds. South Carolina's baseball team is getting ready to take on the Citadel Bulldogs later this evening. They're going to be playing down in Charleston in the Citadel's ballpark. And here's the thing, with this midweek game, The Gamecocks cannot sleep on the Citadel Bulldogs when they play them tonight. Because the thing is, we've talked about it before on the show, the Citadel Bulldogs have defeated the Gamecocks in the past. They have been one of those non-conference teams, one of those mid-major programs that has been able to cause some problems for South Carolina. The Gamecocks actually fell to the Bulldogs at Joseph P. Riley Jr. Park this past year, losing four to three, thanks to a late ninth inning comeback by the Citadel Bulldogs. They also once came to this ballpark as the sixth-ranked team in the country and lost to the Citadel Bulldogs ten to eight. To put it bluntly, there's just something about playing the Citadel Bulldogs in Charleston that just gets South Carolina from time to time, and it just sets up to be. A really tough trap game, if anything, in the non-conference slate. So, in terms of a key to the game for this contest later tonight, the Gamecocks should not mess around with the Citadel in the middle innings of this contest when they are at the plate. They should be willing to get aggressive when facing the Bulldogs pitching staff in that portion of the game because the thing is, This ballpark does set up well for the Gamecocks batting lineup to have a solid night. The ballpark goes 305 feet to straightaway left field, and the thing is, South Carolina has six starters in the batting lineup right now that bat right-handed, and with the power that we've seen from this lineup throughout the course of the season, there's no question that they could easily just be... Pull hitters, honestly, on Tuesday night, and score runs in bunches. And here's the other thing. South Carolina did play the Citadel earlier this season already once in Founders Park. And yes, they won that game 8-1. to But what's kind of forgotten about that game is the fact that South Carolina had only gotten two hits through the first five innings and two runs to go along with those hits. And they didn't really break through until the sixth inning. Since you're playing on the road this time around against the Citadel Bulldogs, you do not want to let the Citadel hang around and feel like that they really got some hope to, at the minimum, maybe come back and tie the game late in this contest. The, the Gamecocks should want to put this game away early on Tuesday night. And again, that doesn't mean that you got to score a bunch of runs in say the first three innings, but innings four through six, you got to find a way to really attack the Citadel's pitching staff. And the thing is, South Carolina is at the point in the season where we could start talking about resumes. For the postseason. And right now. Let's just be honest. South Carolina. The way they are trending. They are looking like a solid lock. To be playing in the postseason. So because of that. You do not want to be dealt a serious blow. In terms of having a loss. To the Citadel Bulldogs. On your resume. The Gamecocks, of course, already lost a game to the Charlotte 49ers this past week, and the 49ers have a losing record. The Citadel Bulldogs don't fall in that same category, but you don't know what's going to happen with the Citadel for the rest of the season. So, South Carolina, again, cannot treat this game lightly for the fact that they're playing at the Citadel. It's a ballpark that's given them problems in the past in terms of just the overall feel and the environment, and what this kind of loss could do to your postseason resume. Don't take those chances. Get aggressive in the middle portion of this game with your batting lineup. And if you take advantage of the overall talent gap that you have between your hitting lineup and the pitching staff of the Citadel, then the Gamecocks should win this game handedly later this evening But with that being said y'all that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always what are your thoughts on what the players have had to say so far about Dow Loggins and the kind of coach he is and what kind of offense he is bringing to the Gamecocks let me know your thoughts on that topic and the others I discussed on today's show, down below in the comments section. If you watch today's show on YouTube, or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore sc. And once again, thank y'all for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. For your second listener watch, go check out the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast, where experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know, both on and off the court. For the Men's Basketball Final Four. Plus, you'll hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.